you can change the world. Learn from proven change makers from all walks of life. They'll show you how to raise money, invest for impact, and so much more. You can start small, start today, and never quit. You can change the world by strengthening your superpowers. Now, welcome to the Superpowers for Good show. I'm your host, Devin Thorpe. Welcome, folks. Uh, I am so excited. Today we have with us Sherry Sugal, who is the CEO and founder of Integrity Global Partners. And we're going to be talking to her about the incredible work that she is doing uh, around the world uh, to preserve nature and do, uh, you know, prevent climate change, reverse climate change. Anyway, you don't want to miss this episode, so stick around. This is going to be great. Uh, Sherry, welcome. We're thrilled to have you. We really are. Thank you for joining me. Thanks so much for having me, Devin. It's great to be here. Well, pleasure is all ours. Uh, I, I'm excited because, among other things, you're raising on uh, Raise Green. You're raising a, a round, and, and I love to see people doing a Reg CF round, uh, especially on Raise Green, uh, because it gives so many more people an opportunity to participate as investors in the great work you're doing. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing. Give us a quick overview. Great. Thanks. Thanks so much, Devin. Um, our company has decided to uh, to do a crowdfund raise with uh, Raise Green. As most people watching this, uh, your viewers know that um, you know we just had the 28th conference of the parties in uh, in Dubai. And uh, out of that, uh, we are still looking at a major shortfall of funding available for what we call nature-based solutions. Um, and that is anything that really protects and restores nature that prevents uh, additional uh, carbon emissions from entering the atmosphere and sequesters carbon from uh, natural ecosystems. Um, we have a major shortfall of funding um, that is not being met uh, through these international processes. And so we decided to try something new and innovative uh, for our space. Um, definitely new for us. We are uh, raising funding for, specifically for a project that we're doing in Malawi, which is a large scale landscape restoration project that will help a lot of uh, local households, over 100,000 households, uh, restore a massive area of land uh, back to its natural state, uh, native ecosystems. And we are doing agricultural land management and we are distributing cook stoves to local communities. This is such uh, amazing work that you're doing. I I'm excited to learn more. Uh, you shared some great uh, B-roll footage here. I want to just share this video here uh, to give people a little sense of what we're talking about. But tell us a little bit about what's going on in this video. Great. Uh, thanks. This is, um, this is us visiting uh, one of the local communities that we're working with. We partner directly with a community association in northern Malawi. Um, that community association represents those 100,000 households, and those households have empowered this leader of this community association that you see here in the video to represent them in international markets, to be able to raise funding, 
through international markets for this carbon project that we're doing. So you can see, um, you know, in that video, you can see the women dancing. Everyone's really happy. Um, a lot of this other footage is us really speaking at global conferences about the work that we're doing, um, sharing our story and a lot of uh, bringing a lot of attention to it. And uh, I'm starting over at the beginning. We kind of picked up in the middle. Uh, but uh, is this Malawi, this, the scenery here in Malawi that we're looking yeah, at? Yeah, this is the um, Vwaza Nature Reserve. And oftentimes you'll see just, you know, elephants passing through that landscape. Um, here you'll see us speaking with one of the chiefs of the villages and um, in northern Malawi, and they're welcoming us, and they're telling us a lot about what they need. Um, you see some footage of women using one of the cook stoves that we're going to be testing. Um, one of the great things about that cook stove is it's mobile, so they can cook outside, um, which is something really important because for the health benefits, um, it's really important that women are able to cook in the open air, so they're not inhaling smoke while they're cooking in an enclosed structure. Um, those cook stoves also are really important. Yeah, solutions. it's interesting. Yeah. Those cook stoves, uh, you know, for a lot of years, people were putting, you know, these better cook stoves in homes and they realized it wasn't yielding the health benefits, even though there was a lot less smoke. Mm -hmm. It turns out less isn't good enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, less is not good enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's getting it outside is a key key solution. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, so, and there's lots of health benefits. And in addition to that, you know what? Why cook stoves are so important in this part of the world is there's still millions of people that are cooking over an open flame, and they're using a lot of fuel wood to do that. And so that is one of the major drivers of deforestation in this part of the world. So when we put in place clean cooking solutions, we reduce deforestation, we reduce carbon emissions coming from deforestation. Um, so there's a great climate impact. There's health benefits, as we mentioned. There's also a lot of benefits to uh, the economic well-being of these communities because they save a lot of time in what otherwise would be spent collecting fuel wood. Yeah, it's really kind of uh, amazing the number of hours women are spending, especially women, right, uh, looking for the fuel wood. Uh, yeah. And that and, uh, and water, you know, are two great, ex huge expenditures of time uh, that can really be saved. So great, great work. Um, besides cook stoves, what are some of the other projects you're doing? You're, you're using the key focus. I want to make sure I understand, but I think the key focus is working on on taking capital from, let's call it the West or the North, <laughs> and, and trying to deploy it through carbon uh, markets uh, with offsets and carbon credits to invest in communities, mostly in what we call the global South. Right? Are we? Am I thinking about that right? That's absolutely right, Devin. The, I mean, one of the keys, uh, about a third of the problem of climate change can be solved with nature-based solutions. So, and, and what we know now is that there is no path to, you know, 1.5 degrees 
um, if we don't invest in nature-based solutions, if we don't protect and restore forests. But the challenges in the global south, in order to initiate those projects, there's thousands of great projects. There's thousands of different organizations that are out in the world restoring nature, planting trees, restoring native ecosystems, protecting wilderness areas, but they lack access to capital. And one of the things that we do as a, as a global organization is we bring together a, our deep financial and carbon market expertise, and we work on behalf of investors to enable them to deploy capital. So we develop projects alongside project developers. We optimize the social and financial returns that can come out of those projects, and we develop what we call risk-adjusted you know, returns for investors so that they can invest in a portfolio of, of nature-based projects. It really is uh, an exciting uh, thing that you're doing, but as good and noble as this is, uh, there are some folks that are critical of carbon markets. Uh, they, they point to failed projects and say, we shouldn't be doing this. Everyone should just reduce their own carbon. And it seems to me that that ignores a powerful, powerful reality, at least one, maybe more, but it's a lot cheaper. You know, if we, if we put the capital where it has the most impact first, we can do more good faster. And there is just the time pressure is so acute. If, if we deploy it, regardless of cost, we're going to, we're going to deploy too slowly. Am I, um, but maybe that's, I'm not thinking about this. How do you yeah. think about it? <laughs> that's absolutely right. You know, we have to do everything everywhere all the time, right? We have to do everything right now because we don't have time to wait until the cost of those changes to make internally is feasible. We have uh, we have very limited time, and you know, to be honest, Devin, the 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 I think your viewers also know this that you know a ton of carbon emitted out of a smokestack, you know, somewhere in the global north has the same impact on the climate as a ton of carbon coming out of a a forest that has been cut down. So if we can find a way to both reduce emissions, you know, and, and companies have to do that. Um, there is no, you know, no path to net zero that doesn't involve um, reductions in house. Um, but when it, when that sort of marginal, um, marginal uh, abatement cost is then so high that they can do so a lot cheaper by investing in projects that reduce and remove carbon from the atmosphere in the global south, it just makes a lot more sense, right? These market solutions have worked in the past, um, and this has the potential to be an enormous market. Um, you know what we what we know from a you know financial perspective is this you know this looks like it will be a trillion dollar market, um, and you know potentially much more than that. So, um, you know how do we how do we incentivize uh, companies to do both, right? And it's very, um, right now, it is true exactly what you say, that the solutions in the global south 
are more cost effective, right? We can have a greater impact for less cost by investing in nature-based solutions. Well, and you know, the other parallel reality is we can't get, it's really hard to get nature back. And, and the sooner we deploy, the easier it is doing it 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 30 years from now begins to border on impossible, right? It takes generations, uh, human generations for uh, really to really restore habitats, I guess, right? I, I you know, what do I know? But uh, It does. And, and, and I think your point about the questions regarding, um, you know, carbon markets, one of the things, particularly in the nature-based space, is that we have so many better solutions today than we did in the past. Technology has been surpassing even what, you know, the standards are able to, to do within the voluntary carbon market. So we have the technology now to measure and monitor, you know, changes in uh, forest degradation over time uh, in a way that we couldn't before. We can do that from space. And we can do it at a much higher level of accuracy than we could in the past. So technology is really advancing very quickly. And the and so that improves the accuracy, the transparency with which these projects are being done. And you'll see a lot of changes coming up. We've, you know, this market has been evolving for a very long time. It is very complicated to try to figure out, you know, a counterfactual right, to protect forests, saying what would happen in the absence of, of carbon financing into the future. We have the ability now, as we're changing a lot of the way that we measure and monitor these projects, we can do that with greater accuracy and transparency now than we ever could before. So a lot of the critiques of the market are ones that we are solving and have already been solved. And so looking forward, we're not going to have the same sort of criticisms of the carbon markets, the integrity, you know, which is in the name of our company, um, the integrity of the way we go forward and the way we do these projects is always improving. And, you know, we can bring that sort of fairness, transparency, transparency, accuracy to the to the way that we do these projects. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. Well, uh, listen, everyone, we are so fortunate today. We have with us Sherry Segal. Uh, she is the CEO and founder of Integrity Global uh, Solutions. Uh, did I get that right? Integrity, Integrity Global Partners. Darn it. <laughs> <laughs> I had it on the screen there and I lost. Mm -hmm. Listen, I, I, w this is this is a, a really special episode. But when we come back, we're going to be talking to Sherry about her superpower. So you don't want to miss this. Stick around. Want to learn from the world's great change makers? Find your superpower. Subscribe to the Superpowers for Good newsletter at superpowersforgood.com. Make your strengths into superpowers that will change the world. Join the super crowd today. Superpowers number four, good.com. Join us for Super Crowd 24 for two full days of wealth and impact creating content at this virtual conference on April 17th and 18th. We'll have 100 speakers and live pitch sessions. Learn how to invest like a pro and raise money from the crowd. Save 50% with the discount code SUPERCROWD at thesupercrowd.com. Join us at SuperCrowd Baltimore connect with community-focused business leaders and investors working to support diverse founders, social entrepreneurs, and community builders. 
Learn how to raise money from the crowd and how to invest like a pro. March 21st at the B&O Rail Museum. Register today at thesupercrowd.com. Welcome back, everyone. We are so fortunate to have with us today uh, Sherry Segal. She is the uh, the CEO and founder of uh, Integrity Global Partners, and we are so fortunate to, to have her with us. We're talking to her now about her superpower. Sherry, you've been working at building improved climate systems and addressing climate change and poverty and all these different things in the way they mush and interact, really changing the world for decades. What is your superpower? Ah, that's a great question, Devin. Um, I think my superpower is, is just compassion. Um, you know, I've worked in more than 65 countries uh, in really remote areas. Um, I have interacted with people in the most remote parts of this planet, um, indigenous folks, um, local communities, uh, women, uh, and, you know, I have a real deep sense of compassion for the challenges that people face just surviving. Um, and for me, that's what, you know, that's what really motivates me is to find solutions that enable us to solve this, this nexus, right? This nexus between climate change, poverty, and biodiversity loss. Um, and we can do that by putting people at the center of all of that, by improving their lives, giving them a place in these solutions, partnering with them, um, making them part of the solution and improving their livelihoods. Uh, we solve so many problems that way. So I think that's, I, I don't know if it's a superpower. <laughs> or... I, I think so. I think so. You know, I, I think, uh, as I've leaned in a little bit to try to understand compassion a little bit better, one of the things that, that really struck me is that I think it's compassion is empathy in action. And it, it's just really so much more powerful than, than merely being able to understand someone else's action, but to be able to understand it and say, I'm going to take action. That's a, that's a whole different game. Right. And, and so as you think about your compassion at work, uh, can you think of a time when you deployed that to overcome a significant problem somewhere along the line in the last couple of decades? <laughs> um, you know, I think that in many cases and, and in many, many, many times development work kind of comes from the outside, right? We, a lot of development work in the past has been about thinking about what people need and then bringing that to them. Um, what I try to do is go and listen, you know, and, and really uh, listen to what they need. Um, so even in this last uh, trip that you, you saw on the, on the footage, um, that was us, you know, listening to, to those communities and really hearing them. And some of the things we found out that they needed were different than what we could have imagined, right? They told us they needed uh, distributed water, right? That, and, and so we're looking for solutions for that. Um, that's part of our crowdfundraise. 
is to think about how do we how do we hear what they need and really bring that into the project rather than taking what we think they need and and providing that. So um, I think that that's a really important part of this work is is listening carefully and also for me it's a lot about um, you know we have this very big complex financial world in the in the north right i mean 80 percent of the planet doesn't understand that um and so a lot of what i've done in my work is explain really complex financial markets carbon markets to indigenous people to local communities who have no real way of connecting with that but i try to translate that into into language that they can understand um, into terms that they can understand so that they can participate in this market from an informed place, right? And then they can tell us what it is that they want. How do they, you know, sell carbon credits from uh, land that they occupy or that they own, right? So it's a really important part of the work we do is this kind of stakeholder engagement work, um, the compassion that we bring, uh, listening to them, and and also you know women, right? Like listening to women in these remote locations, their needs can be very different, um, and so we try to do all of that in our approach to these projects is very much led from a place of caring and listening and trying to put communities uh, front and center. It's it's brilliant, and it's so important, uh, you know, to to deploy you know those skills like listening and trying to understand, and then taking action in response. If you were trying to coach someone, uh, a colleague, for instance, uh, who's struggling to manifest compassion, how would you coach them to develop genuine, authentic, effective compassion? I love that question. Um, you know, I think that everyone's got that within them. Um, and, you know, I think everyone has a kind of uh, knows what it's like to care for, you know, a loved one or care for a child. Um, and that is, you know, that is genuinely within all of us. We have to stop looking at people, other people that might live differently uh, to us, we need to remember that we are, we are all humans living on this earth. And frankly, the challenges are not that different. You know, if you go to a local remote village where people are living, you know, off the grid, no electricity in a small hut, they still care about all the things that we care about. You know, they care about love, they care about their children, they care about, you know, survival. I mean, it's all the same, right? We are all just human. And, you know, we also, I think for me, it's it, it's it's completely random how, how people were, where they were born, right? And someone was born into privilege and someone was born in a local village in Malawi, right? It's like, could be any one of us. So 
we have to care about everybody as if, you know, we, it's, it's, I think the, you know, philosophy, it's called the veil of ignorance, right? We were, we, we don't, we don't know like why we ended up where we ended up, <laughs> but everyone so true. deserves to have the same chance in life. Right. Yeah. So true. So true. Well, listen, uh, I am so grateful for you making the time for us today. Before we wrap up, will you take a minute and tell people how they can uh, find your campaign on Raise Green, how they can learn more about the work that you're doing, how they can connect with you, perhaps on social media. What are the best ways to proceed for folks? Yeah, um, you can go to our website um, is integrityglobalpartners.com. Uh, click on the link there and that'll take you right to our crowdfund campaign. Or you can visit the Raise Green website and find us there. Fantastic. Well, yeah. we are, again, I want to thank you for taking the time to be with us today. And we want to wish you every success in the great work that you're doing. I mean, you're just doing such incredibly important work preserving nature and supporting uh, disadvantaged communities in the global South that so need our help and support. And we want to wish you every success in all of that work and particularly now in the short run with your uh, Raise Green campaign. We want to wish you success with that. Thank you so much, Devin. Really appreciate it. All righty. Now, let's do some good.